0: You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios.
1: I was in downtown Boise, Idaho, and I saw a duck, and I knew the duck was lost, because ducks ain't supposed to
0: be downtown. There's nothing for them there. So I went to a Subway sandwich shop. I said, let me have a bun. But she wouldn't sell me just the bun. She said I had to have something on it. She told me it's against regulations for Subway to sell just the bun. I guess the two halves ain't supposed to touch. (laughs) So I said, all right, we'll put some lettuce on, which I did. They said, that'll be $1.75. I said, it's for a duck. They said, all right, well, then it's free. (laughs) See, I did not know that. Ducks eat for free at Subway. (laughs) Had I known that, I ordered a much larger
2: sandwich. (laughs) Let me have the steak fajita sub. Don't bother ringing it up. It's for a duck. (laughs) There are six ducks out there, and they all want sun chips.
0: Hello, and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name's Paul. I'm not an animal expert.
1: I'm Donna, and I am not a duck expert. <laughs> but that's okay, because we're going to learn about ducks today.
0: Yes, ducks are awesome. <laughs> but first, the news. The news. This is Varman's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. Well, rest in peace, Carl the Duck. Back in December 2017, a duck named Carl was born. He was released into downtown St. Louis, Missouri on March 8th, 2018, and he survived for only four days before succumbing to the inclement weather and abuse from the locals. Not to worry, though, Carl was made entirely out of cardboard and glue by Justin King, a local artist. King got permission to place Carl the Duck in Ritz Park from the South Grand Community Improvement District. The five foot tall and about six foot in diameter sculpture of a rubber duck was made with simple materials and equipment. It was made out of recycled cardboard, a utility knife, a glue gun, and a little bit of polyurethane for a sealant. King said, I just wanted to make something big and fun for the neighborhood and especially for the kids. I wanted to show that you do not need expensive materials to make art. He waited until March 8th, 2018, as we said, to place it in Ritz Park because the weather was just way too bad in December, and the artist had hoped that people in the neighborhood would get to see it and take photos with the recycled duck before wind, rain, or vandals ended its stay, but that first night it was out in public, somebody put their foot right through it. Aww. Yeah, the artist went out the next morning, and he patched that up, but pretty soon graffiti and drawings began to appear on the duck, and then the snow started falling. So that did old Carl in, because it couldn't just, you know, it got wet, and it just got ruined.
1: Yeah, it wasn't meant to survive anyway, though, so...
0: No, it wasn't. Yeah, the okay. artist, he he really took it in stride, and he compared the duck to a piece of sidewalk chalk art, which was just, you know, kind of meant to be enjoyed for a time, but not built to last. Yeah. So it was really cool. We'll put a link to the uh, news article so that you can see the duck for yourself. And we'll put a link to Justin King's website in the show notes so that you can take a look at his art because he does a lot of really cool things. And there's a lot of animals and pop culture in his art, so I like it a lot.
1: Wonderful. I'm going to go take a look.
0: It's really cool.
1: It is. Hey, just a reminder, everybody, go to BlazingCaribouStudios.com for links to our audio and our show notes for today's episode. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at at atvarminspodcast, all one word, and at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestiones. Hey, if you like the show, why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to the podcast? We are everywhere that podcasts are found, and word of mouth is the very best way to help us grow. Also, head on over to our show notes and to the bottom of the show notes. In the bottom of the show notes, there is a link to our Pinterest board. I try to keep that updated with fun pictures of the animal that we're talking about. And as we said, the animal we're talking about today is ducks. So let's get going. Hey! Let's go get educated on some animals. I know you wanna. <laughs>
0: we are blathering about ducks today. Duck is the common name for a large number of species in the waterfowl family Anatidae, which includes swans and geese. Swans and geese are both going to get their own shows because they are pretty cool too and they're pretty unique. (laughs) Ducks are mostly aquatic birds. They have long, broad, rounded bodies, a relatively long neck, webbed feet that are adapted for locomotion in water, and short pointed wings that are used for occasional flying. They don't like to fly, but they do have to do it sometimes to migrate or to get away from predators. The duck is the first animal that we've talked about that lives on every single continent on the earth. Of the 46 species of bird in Antarctica, the yellow-billed pintail is a duck that lives on coastal Antarctica. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. Is it the only animal in the world that does that, or is it just the only one we've talked about?
0: It's the only one we've talked about that lives on all seven continents.
1: Okay, cool. Yes. Go ducks!
0: (laughs) There are dozens and dozens and dozens of breeds and species of duck, and so there are many different variations in color and beak size. Some of them are just amazing looking. Some of the colors on these ducks are just unbelievable. But most breeds are derived from either the Mallard duck or the Muscovy duck. The common eider in parts of Europe is the largest duck. Those get up to about 71 centimeters or about 28 inches in length, and they can weigh up to 3 kilograms or just a little under 7 pounds. The smallest duck is the African pygmy goose, which is technically a perching duck. It's not a goose at all. That bird is really cute. It grows to be about 30 centimeters or about 12 inches long, and it tops out at about 10 ounces in weight. Aww. Really, really neat. Tiny duck. Birds, yeah. Male ducks are called drakes, females are called hens or just ducks, and babies are called ducklings. We're going to talk about where the name duck comes from a little bit later on.
1: Cool. So one of the coolest things that you will see in the wild as far as baby animals are concerned is how baby ducks get to their mama and start learning how to be adult ducks. And that is that in several species, the mama lays the eggs up in a hole in a tree. That's, I don't, you said that there are several species of duck, like several dozen species of duck. So I have no idea if this applies to how many of them it applies to. But it does apply to several species that are here in the United States. And so Mama will lay the eggs up in the hole in the tree. The eggs hatch. And then all the babies, they all wait for all the babies to hatch. They're like, okay, wait, got to wait for all your siblings. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) And everybody hatches and they all climb out of the hole they have little claws on the end of their web feet. Okay. And they climb up out of the hole and then they jump. They hurl themselves out of the trees to the forest floor, sometimes as much as 50 feet in the air. 50 feet? <laughs> They're like,
2: wee!
0: <laughs> How do they not get hurt?
1: Because the forest floor is generally covered with leaf litter and stuff like that. Some species end up landing in the water. And also the baby is less than one ounce. Its bones are like air, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're all pretty much just cartilage at that point anyway. <laughs> and they have lots of squishy feathers and fat and just all their soft little body to help when, with the impact. But, I mean, we're talking about an a- less than an ounce.
0: Yeah. So it's just weight. a squishy so, little baby duck. Falling on a squishy forest floor.
1: Yeah, or into the water. And
0: Okay, water is good.
1: It depends on... I was watching a video where they were looking at some wood ducks in Mississippi, and the narrator said normally they would fall to the forest floor, but it's been really wet the year of this documentary, so they're actually landing in the water. So, you know, that might happen too. But it's really funny because... And I'll put probably a couple of videos up on the show notes for you guys to look at. <laughs> they, the mom sort of just goes down to the water and she starts calling to him. She's like quack quack quack, and they're like quack 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 quack, <laughs> and they wait for their siblings. They they all sort of gather in a little group and they look up at the tree and they and they must be counting. I'm thinking they're like okay that's another one. Okay that's another one okay it's another one and there's a video where one of the little babies is sort of uncertain he's like oh that's really far down and all the babies are like come on kid or whatever let's go come on they're all calling to him quack 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 come on come on don't be a chicken (laughs) and he's like cowabunga And (laughs) and they have like these teeny weeny little wings and sometimes they just sort of spread the Wings out to help them, you know, catch a little air on the way yeah. down. And sometimes they sort of flap them a little bit, like, "Hey, know this isn't gonna work. It's not gonna make me fly." But I mean, I have to do this. I don't know why. <laughs> and they're just ridiculously cute. It's so funny. It's the funniest thing. Fifty feet.
0: That's a holy long way mackerel.
1: To you know, that's uh, yeah. really far up. Yeah. You know it what? A, what a human would look like after they fell fifty feet. <laughs> uh, dead. Or yeah. very, very injured. <laughs>
0: that's
1: that's a really long way up, guys. Yeah. So, I mean, how far is fifty feet up in the air? Do you think, in comparison? I should have thought about this before. But what what sort of what sort of distance would be a good a good sort of example of how far that is?
0: Well, I mean, if one story of a building is about ten feet, nine or ten feet, you're oh talking about a five or six story building.
1: <gasps> oh my gosh! Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> that's Crazy. why I said.
0: A human would not survive that fall probably.
1: No. Have you seen videos of people helping baby ducks down from like a height when they would land on the uh, pavement below? That's why.
2: Cuz yeah. they were
1: they will come down. They're like, "Yep, I got to jump down." And the, <laughs> they uh, they'll end up hurting themselves if they end up on concrete. So that's oh, on why concrete, humans sure. often can intervene and go, "No, no, come on." Or they'll herd them over so they'll jump down onto the grass or something. They will fall, their mama literally everywhere, so...
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: Pretty amazing.
0: It is. Yeah. Awesome.
1: They are high jumpers.
0: They are high high jumpers, and they are good swimmers, too.
1: Oh, yes. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So, ducks are not that heavy. The heaviest one we talked about was seven pounds, but without a couple of adaptations, they might just sink right down into the water rather than float right on top like they do. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Specifically, the uropygial gland, which is kind of informally known as the preen gland or the oil gland, is a sebaceous gland that is possessed actually by the majority of the birds on the earth. Uh, The gland is located dorsally at the base of the tail, so it's on the bird's back right where the tail starts, and the opening of this gland is usually surrounded by small feathers that act as wicks, and then it's covered over by larger feathers for protection. Almost all birds have these glands, not all birds use them because there are several orders of birds that prefer to use dust for feather maintenance, and then birds like ostriches just don't have them at all. But ducks do use their uropygial glands a lot. These glands produce a substance called preen oil, which is a very very complex oily, waxy substance that is just naturally produced by the duck. So the preen oil does two main things for the duck. The first thing it does is it helps maintain the structure of the duck's feathers. It makes them uh, a little more flexible and a little bit less likely to break. Duck feathers are tightly interlocked with barbs that trap air, so that makes the duck more buoyant. They're kind of like water wings that a child might wear in a swimming pool to just help it keep at the surface. So when they want to dive under the water to eat something, they'll squeeze the air out of their feathers and then they'll dive down. The preen oil has to protect these feathers because these feathers are important and prevents damage to them. Mm -hmm. Also, since that preen oil is oily and waxy, you can imagine that it makes a pretty good waterproofing agent. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So the duck will, several times a day, engage in preening behavior. So it'll turn its head around toward its tail. It'll pick up a bunch of this preen oil on its bill and its head and its neck from the opening in the gland. And then it'll distribute that oil all over its body and all over its feathers, and the duck is completely waterproofed. The preen oil is extremely hydrophobic, so water literally just rolls off a duck's back. Kind of mm-hmm. like when you wax your car, except sometimes that the, those beads of water will stay there, but not this stuff. It's so hydrophobic that the water just will not stick whatsoever. Since dry feathers weigh less than wet feathers, this makes the duck more buoyant. And since it's completely waterproofed, it just and and completely hydrophobic. It will just sit there right on top of the water, no problem. Wow. After a molt, or in the case of an injured or a diseased uropygial gland, a, a duck can get a condition called wet feather, which can be pretty problematic for ducks because it's it affects their ability to forage for food in the water. And it gets wet. It, you know, they get cold. So that's a problem. And then their feathers get more easily damaged. Parasites can get in. It can be rough times for the duck if that happens. But that is how they float. That is how they do. Ducks should really sink down, but they don't. They stay right on top of the water. And
2: uh,
0: yeah, that's how ducks work.
1: Wow, that's really cool.
2: Yep. Disclaimer time! The Farmers Podcast knows it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence. But then, Donna and Paul only have the yardstick of themselves, so they're gonna do it anyway.
0: So, duck intelligence on a scale of 1 to 10.
1: I think they're pretty smart little guys. I think they How must do- be about a 6 or 7. Really? Yeah, they're not super problem solvers, but I mean, they've got some onboard stuff that's hard to argue with, you know?
0: Wow, I, I only gave them a four. And really? I read this article in the Smithsonian magazine about how they have done some studies on ducklings and how they imprint on things when they're just born and how that kind of relates to intelligence. But I don't know that that convinces me that ducks are a terribly smart animal.
1: Well, it's this understanding of abstract concepts that's the kicker. It's like the, the, they can understand the difference between same and different. okay. Right from birth, you know, these are not behaviors that are found in animals that have low intelligence. I mean, from what we're talking about, you know. Yeah. It's like when we were talking about how baby chickens can do math. Mm-hmm. Like, One, two, three. I think I read the article and I kind of feel like there's the same sort of hardware going on right there, is that they're already sort of pre equipped to tell who their family is and what their food is and all this kind of stuff.
0: I don't know. I think probably more than one of our listeners keeps ducks or has, you know, has a lot of experience with ducks. So mm-hmm. please please visit us in the Barman's discussion group and tell us how smart your ducks are because I don't I don't they don't seem that smart to me. Like right. I don't think they're going to take over and enslave mankind any anytime soon, you know.
1: Yeah, that there's no animal that's going to do that. So <laughs> 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 I, have to, I have to challenge your, your, your premise there because okay. that can happen. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, but the Smithsonian talked about the study where, and this is what they said, just hours after birth, they can understand concepts like same and different, remember them, and apply them to never-before-seen objects with no social cues or training. So that's what kicks it over into the higher intelligence. So, All right. Yeah. They exposed the newborn ducklings to a variety of objects, showing them pairs that were either the same or different in characteristics like shape or color. And later, when they were shown completely different objects, three-fourths of the ducks got up and followed the pair that has the same relation to what they'd originally seen. And they would do it the same way they'd follow their, their, their mama, basically. So they can identify differences in shape between triangles and cuboids and... Just all sorts of stuff. So they're probably quite a bit more... I think they're probably quite a bit smarter than we think they are. And I wasn't... There's just not a whole lot of research in this area to look at. But, yeah. I mean, I'd put them up there to... eh, Maybe a six, you know? They're not super problem solvers, but I think they've got some, some pretty smart stuff on board. And, of course, there's always individual differences, which we've talked about, too, so... Sure. no I want to hear from our people that have ducks are your ducks morons or are they pretty, <laughs> are they pretty smart so, yeah. shoot us a shoot us a am desperately trying to think of a pun here and I can't do it my <laughs> like fast enough today sorry shoot us a line we want to hear about it varmins podcast at gmail.com
0: <laughs> yes or the varmins discussion group on Facebook yes <laughs> come in there and yell at us about how smart your ducks are we'd love it <laughs> All right, well, we are going to talk about ducks in pop culture and a couple other things, but we're going to do that right after this.
2: Are you a fan of true crime? Are you looking for a different perspective on certain cases? Are you looking for queer representation and or people of color representation in your true crime coverage? Criminal Musings is a true crime podcast hosted by yours truly, me, JV. JV a queer black human with a degree in psychology and a passion for exploring the factors and circumstances that led to various crimes being committed. I cover crimes involving queer people and people of color, which means you may be hearing about some new and fascinating cases that you didn't know about before. And I always provide references and shoutouts to other shows who covered these cases as well. Tune in and... Stay safe out there. You can find Criminal Musings on Apple Podcasts, at Blazing Caribou Studios, and wherever else you get your podcasts.
0: Hey, you know, Donna and I, we're just a couple of nerds like you, and we don't see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk a little bit about where we see them most of the time on movies, TV, video games, and cartoons. I'm going to talk about Daffy Duck today. Daffy Duck is an animated cartoon character produced by Warner Brothers. Daffy has appeared in cartoon series such as Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies, where he is usually depicted as a foil of Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd, and Yosemite Sam. Daffy has had all sorts of different jobs in the cartoons and been put in all kinds of scenarios where a duck would be funny. (laughs) He has starred in 130 Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies shorts, making him the third most frequent character in these cartoons behind Bugs Bunny and Porky Pig. Daffy Duck was number 14 on TV Guide's list of the top 50 greatest cartoon characters. Daffy first appeared in Porky's Duck Hunt, which was released on April 17, 1937. Wow. The cartoon was directed by Tex Avery and animated by Bob Clambett.
1: I had no idea he was that old of a character.
0: He is that old. It's amazing. He's almost 80 years old. Wow. So in Porky's Duck Hunt, Porky Pig is the hunter, the duck was the prey, and he wasn't even named Daffy. And so that hunter-prey thing was not really a new cartoon scenario for these cartoons, but the duck was different. And this was something new to moviegoers. He was assertive, he was completely unrestrained, he was combative, and people absolutely loved it. Bob Clampett later recalled, He said at that time, audiences weren't accustomed to seeing a cartoon character do these things. And so when it hit the theaters, it was an explosion. People would leave the theaters talking about that Daffy Duck. And that's where the name came from.
1: Oh, that's cool. I never knew that.
0: Mel Blanc provided the voice for Daffy Duck for 52 years. And the voice for Daffy Duck... He just, Mel Blanc thought that that extended mandible would hinder his speech, particularly on words containing an S sound. So despicable became (laughs) despicable!
2: Or despicable!
0: (laughs) (laughs) And over time, that lisp would become more and more and more prominent. In the very, very early cartoons, Daffy Duck has hardly any of a lisp at all. So as we said, Daffy Duck was in all kinds of situations. So here's a little compilation clip of Daffy Duck. Here he is Arguing with Bugs Bunny, as a train conductor, telling off all, telling off Elmer Fudd, and as a skeptical audience member for a magician doing the old saw the woman in half trick. Excellent.
1: Do me a favor, will you? Just, just don't do me any more favors. <laughs> you just stay right here and study to be a snowshoe rabbit. <laughs> I'm going back to Perth Amboy.
0: Oh but Train
1: leaving on track five for Anaheim, Azusa, and Coke.
0: How are things in Guacamora. A A great sportsman, eh?
2: Sportsman.
1: (laughs) I'll be your volunteer. (laughs) This whole thing is a fake. The way it's done is very simple. Fake feet out one end, and I'm all scrunched up in this end. <laughs> the oldest trick in the book. His turban is a fake, too. Just a hotel towel.
2: <laughs> Don't applaud him! Look, I'm not cut in half! Stop applauding! <laughs> it's a fake!
1: <laughs> it's a good thing I got Blue Cross.
2: <laughs> oh, brother, I never had so much fun in my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love uh, daffy Duck so much me my too. favorite is him. probably the robin hood one where he's yes. Ro- robin hood oh so funny
0: it's terrific
1: perry thrust uh whatever <laughs> he's playing with the with this the uh oh, God. what is the name of the weapon the staff sorry yeah <laughs> he's trying to fight with a staff Thrust, dodge, parry! And he keeps slapping himself in the face with it by accident.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's terrific. It was either Daffy Duck or Donald Duck growing up. Those were the two main ducks.
1: I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't like a big Donald Duck person. My sister liked him. But I was was a Daffy person. I
0: liked Daffy. Me too. Donald Duck was always mean unless Daisy Duck was around. Yeah. He was never a nice duck. Well, Daffy Duck was never really a nice duck either. No, but he was was funnier, funnier. so I think
1: that's that's the difference.
0: That is the difference. And, of course,
1: Bugs Bunny always got the better of him, which is always really fun. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love Daffy. What a great choice. What was your favorite Daffy Duck cartoon?
0: Oh, probably the Robin Hood one. Yeah? That's a classic, yeah. There was another cartoon where he and Bugs Bunny are being hunted by Elmer Fudd, and Bugs Bunny keeps tricking Elmer Fudd into basically shooting Daffy Duck in the face and knocking his beak off. Yes, that's the one that that has duck
1: season, rabbit season, duck season, rabbit season. (laughs)
0: That's the one, yep.
1: (laughs) Oh, what a great choice. Well, my choice is a little more recent, but was sort of a little bit of a flash in the pan, but I remember it fondly. We are going to talk about Darkwing Duck. (laughs) Want to play the clip? of mystery,
2: be right. out of the shadows, night. Somewhere, some but his
1: numbers are three, two, one. Darkwing
2: Duck! you call
1: Darkwing
2: Let's get dangerous! Darkwing Duck! <laughs> darkwing darkwing. of surprise who's that shadow kind of the, the sky Nobody goes the show i look
1: here
2: comes Darkwing Duck! duck. When there's trouble, you <laughs> let <get>
1: dangerous <laughs> dark duck Darkwing Duck was an American television series, anime television series produced by Walt Disney Company, and it ran from 1991 to 1995 and 1996 to 1997 on the syndicated programming block called The Disney Afternoon and on Saturday mornings on ABC. It features an anonymous... It featured a superhero who is an anthropomorphic duck with the alter ego of Drake Mallard. He was voiced <laughs> by Jim Cummings, and it is the only direct spin off of the cartoon Duck Tales. It's about the adventures of this superhero aided by his sidekick and pilot who is Launchpad McQuack. <laughs> he lives in an unassuming suburban house with his daughter Gosselin and next door to a bafflingly dim-witted Muddlefoot family. He struggles to balance his egotistical craving for fame and attention against his desire to be a good father to his daughter and to do good in the town of St. Canard, which is where he lives. <laughs> Most episodes put these two aspects of his character in direct conflict and though uh, usually his better nature usually prevails. It was originally developed as a spin off of the really successful DuckTales series, which you can probably remember, and it entered production about a year after DuckTales ended. It was inspired by two specific episodes of DuckTales, Double O Duck and The Masked Mallard. The original concept was that Launchpad McQuack, his sidekick, was the star, but instead Launchpad appeared as Darkwing's sidekick in the finished product. Gizmo Duck, a character from the final season of DuckTales, also appeared in a handful of crossover-themed episodes. The name The Masked Mallard became an epithet often used to refer to Darkwing himself. Where most Disney Afternoon series had featured at least some characters from the classic Disney animation, Darkwing Duck featured a completely original cast. Even the DuckTales characters it reused didn't have any counterparts in the early Disney shorts or the Carl Barks Disney comics, so it was a little bit unusual. It was also the first Disney Afternoon cartoon to emphasize action rather than adventure, with Darkwing routinely engaging in slapstick battles with supervillains and street criminals. So that was really fun. Um, that sounds fun. Really good cartoon. It was, uh, it was. He's a satirical character. His costume, gas gun, flashy introductions are all reminiscent of pulp superheroes, such as the Sandman, Batman, Crimson Avenger, Green Hornet, James Bond, and the Scarlet Pimpernel. And most especially, he has a lot in common with The Shadow. The fictional city of St. Kennard is a direct parody of Gotham City. And, uh,. So it's a, that's a, it's a thing, that's a thing. Darkwing Duck. If you want to get dangerous, you should go watch this. It's a <laughs> really a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this show.
0: That's awesome. I have never seen a a, a single second of it.
1: It is so funny. It's just I might a have to check it very out. Very silly show.
0: That's terrific. Yeah, that was right. All right, it's time for this.
2: Uh, so, hey, are you going to eat that?
0: Have you eaten duck, Donna?
1: I have, but I have no recollection of the experience other than eating it. I remember, like, the visual and where I was and with whom and all that, but I don't remember actually what it tasted like. I have no recollection. It's the weirdest thing.
0: It must have not been that great if it didn't, like, make a, a mark on your your memory, you know what uh, I mean? Like it, Yeah,
1: who knows? Brains are weird, so.
0: <laughs> I've had it two or three times, and it tasted fine, but each time I had it, it was like it was like a fried chicken thigh that was left in the oil a little too long and not really drained properly. It just had these pockets of fat and grease in it that hmm. but the The few times that I've had it, it just wasn't. It was okay. I mean, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I've heard that it's greasy, but I don't remember the duck I ate being greasy. But it was a breast, so. Sure. I feel like it was a little dry, but again, I don't have any specific recollections of it, so I might need to get myself out and eat some duck. And we'll have to do some
0: research. We'll have to do a little more independent research on duck. Yep. Cuz I'm not opposed to eating it again, for sure.
1: Yeah, I don't remember it being terrible. I just I don't remember what it tasted like. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was a long time ago. I, I couldn't have been more than 18 or 19, so <laughs> <laughs> like I can barely remember even where I was yesterday, so, you know.
0: <laughs> Paul Donna, it's me to Is your brain a repository of useless information like mine is? course it is well, let's help you win that next trivia night or just sound smarter than the rest of the room
2: with this the animal fact of the week
0: all right donna yeah which came first the noun duck that's used to describe the bird that we've been talking about or the verb duck that means to lower the head or the body quickly to avoid a blow or so as not to be seen
1: i don't know I don't have any I'm trying to sit there Thinking about What would be more likely And I'm not even Coming up with a guess So Which one was it?
0: It was the verb The verb came first Huh It comes from The old English word Either doke Or duke It's Spelled D-U-C-E Which means to Dive or to bend down low To get under something Mm -hmm. And so these birds Were named that Because of the way They kind of Upend themselves In the water to feed
1: Oh Okay Interesting.
0: Ducks are all over the place in the English language in idioms and sayings, so I just want to go through a few of them that that would ring a bell with people. Sure. Do it. All right. A sitting duck. You've heard that one before. Oh, yeah. That's an easy target because it's easier for a hunter to shoot a duck that is just sitting in the water as opposed to one that's in flight, which results in a dead duck, which we also use quite a bit. (laughs) Getting your ducks in a row... That's yep. a synonym for getting your act together or getting your affairs getting in your order. In <laughs> getting your
1: poop in a group. Getting your
0: poop in a group. That probably alludes to lining up target ducks in a shooting gallery.
1: Huh, that makes sense.
0: An elected office holder whose term of office has not yet expired, but who has failed to be reelected, and therefore cannot garner much political support for his <gasps> Can initiatives. I guess?
1: Is he a lame duck?
0: A lame duck, yes, Yay. at least here in the United States. I don't know if that's a... A worldwide thing. Our, our our international listeners can let us know. But yes, a lame duck. Nice. This one made me. This one made me laugh because I had never heard it before. Happy as a duck in Arizona.
1: Wow, I've never heard that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it actually means not happy because Arizona is a largely arid landlocked state.
1: Yes, it's true. It's yeah, true. it is landlocked. Well, I was just going to say, why would a duck be happy in Arizona? And then I realized, <laughs> exactly. oh, <it> unhappy.
0: <laughs> so before we get a bunch of well-actually emails, I looked it up, and Arizona does have a handful of different types of ducks. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're living in Arizona, don't press send. We know. We already
1: know. <laughs> they do have bodies of water in Arizona. Not, It's not all like, you know, Phoenix. It's, yeah. Yeah. A lot of it is Flagstaff-like with trees and 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 winter and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yep. Uh fine weather for a duck. That's hmm. used to describe wet rainy weather. Okay. So, here's another well actually moment. Ducks would actually prefer it if it were not raining all the time because that kind of disrupts their free, their feeding and their preening. Hm. So, and heavy rain isn't really all that great for ducklings either. So, Right. Mm-hmm. Ducks do not prefer the rain. Yeah. Uh, Doing something very difficult or impossible is like trying to milk a duck. Have you ever heard that one? No. (laughs) Yeah, like trying to milk a duck. Wow. And finally, if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So if something has all the characteristics of a thing, it probably is that thing regardless of what it is called or presented as.
1: Hmm. I just wonder what they called them before they called them ducks. (laughs) (laughs) don't <laughs> no, care. I couldn't like, find
0: that. Okay, I could not that find come that before
1: then. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting.
0: Yeah, a little duck etymology for you today.
1: My little my little fact for us today is, did you know that there are some ducks that are parasitic egg layers?
0: I saw that in the show notes and I have no idea what that means and I am dying to know.
1: You know what cuckoos and cowbirds and things are, right? They they lay their eggs in another bird's nest. Yes. And then those birds when they hatch take up all of the resources and when the cowbird and cuckoo chicks hatch, they will often push the eggs of the of the actual species out of the next nest, right? right. They'll like they'll push the legitimate eggs that have a right to be there out and they take all of the resources and everything from the mama bird so that's called parasitic eggling it's a parasitic bird they they're taking other resources well there are ducks that do that and one of them ha- is a duck called the redhead the redhead duck redhead hens are notorious for shir- shirking their brood raising duties
0: <laughs> oh no
1: They arrive at their breeding ground with a simple decision, lay eggs or don't. And female (laughs) redheads, on the other hand, have several different paths available to them. Don't lay eggs, lay eggs in just your own nest, lay eggs in another female's nest, or lay eggs in another female's nest and lay your own eggs. (laughs) (laughs) So when they lay their eggs in another duck's nest, it's called brood parasitism. There are two types of parasitism. When a female lays eggs in the nests of their own species and when they lay eggs in the nests of other species, female redhead ducks do both. (laughs) Oh, wow. They are dual strategy females that parasitize other ducks' nests and then they lay eggs in their own nest and always parasitize first and then build a nest, lay eggs, care for their young. And then the parasitic eggs receive no care from their biological mother's (laughs) Mothers, Parasitic eggs receive no care from their biological mothers, but instead rely on the charity of their host hens. To make the situation even more complex, individual female redheads, a a lot of the time they'll do different things from one year to the next. So one year they might only parasitize, and the next year they may only lay their own eggs. And... Um, How do they decide what to do each year, and what are the benefits of the parasitism, and doesn't it harm the host female? That's all the questions that people ask these scientists who's writing up this article that I'm reading from, and basically his answer is, making a decision is not an easy task, and the redheads have a lot of options to consider, but a bad decision may result in no ducklings produced, so it's something that they actually have to consider pretty seriously for a duck. So interesting. Uh, yeah, a female redhead assesses the factors on the <laughs> when she gets to the breeding grounds. Like, what are the wetlands conditions? How much food is there? How fat am I? How old am I? How many hosts are out there? So, if the wetland conditions are poor, that may translate into low food availability, and she may parasitize more in that situation, so sure. that can, she can take advantage of more of the food.
0: Yeah, ducks are smart, by the way, because I'm constantly thinking about how old and fat I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, in the good years, when, when the potholes are full of water and everything, there's a lot of water, there are a lot of dual strategists, and body fat is an important thing that they have to think about to determine their strategy, because you require a lot of fat reserves and abundant local food to lay eggs and to incubate them. Skinny females may not have the ability to both lay a clutch of eggs and incubate them, so they become parasites. So this Hmm. is sometimes called making the best of the bad situation. (laughs) On the other hand, the fat hen redhead can afford to lay a lot of eggs and then still incubate her own. So age is also important and... There's there's just a lot of things that go into consideration, but they favor canvasbacks and other redheads as hosts, but they will also lay eggs in the nests of coots, mallards, scalp, gadwalls, and many other duck species. And it's believed that they find their hosts by sneaking around behind them, watching their activity, (laughs) and then moving on to their nest to lay the eggs during the host's absence.
0: (laughs) Sneaky, sneaky. (laughs) <laughs> this probably isn't harmful to their species, though, because it's not like it's just one duck kind of sneaking around and, and being a jerk. No. Like, they're all doing it to each other. Right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, there's this is the only duck. There may be a couple other species of duck that will do this, but there's not many of them. Most of the time they don't do this. So, um, But it's it's good for them. It might harm the other species because the other babies won't get the resources from their parents that they are entitled to as a regular course of action. But Mm. the other species don't, they don't see any difference between the new ducks and their own. Like they, you know how, if it looks like a duck and talks like a duck and all that. Well, I mean, that makes sense for ducks too. They're like, well, it looks like a duck to me. It's probably mine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, ducks are dumb again.
1: Yeah, that sort of, (laughs) I mean how the the point is that they're they don't look a whole lot different than the ones that they are taking care of anyway, you know. Right. Like the the cowbird and stuff like that. Sometimes when they do their parasitism, the cuckoo babies and the cowbird babies can be like enormous compared to the bird that they're parasitizing and you would think that the mother would be like, "Wow, my babies are like itty bitty and this one's like almost as big as me. What's going on here?" And But they don't notice. They just feed it. But in the ducks, you can sort of give them a little bit more leeway because they're about the same size and shape. They look like ducks. They just aren't the same species. So, you know.
0: (laughs) That (laughs) is so cool.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll attach an article about this to the show notes so you can read more about it. But one of the things that the numbers are fun is that They found that there are in North America, wood ducks are notorious for egg dumping. Wood duck nests have been found with up to 50 eggs laid in them by parasitic wood duck hens. This is another species that does it. And in most wood duck populations, up to 50% of the nests contain parasitic eggs.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. What are you doing, ducks?
1: So other North American duck species that parasitize a lot, are black-bellied whistling ducks, golden eyes, buffleheads, heads, mergansers, and ruddy ducks. And they're all, um, yeah, th- that behavior is in all those species. So. Uh, really for a minute I
0: thought, what are you doing, ducks? But that's what animals do. Is they, they, they have to do what they have to do to make little genetic copies of themselves. Right. That's, what, that's how they work. Right.
1: Well, there's a a species of duck in South America called the black-headed duck, which is called an obligate parasite, which means that they have to do it. Black-headed duck females have to lay their eggs in other nests because they never build their own nests or incubate their own eggs. Instead, they leave all the maternal duties to the hosts.
0: Wow. (laughs) Yeah,
1: they don't do anything themselves. Man.
0: That's pretty interesting. Very cool. Ducks are awesome.
1: Ducks are awesome.
0: I forgot to play this earlier. This is two ducks having a conversation.
1: Oh, cool. (laughs) Quack, 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 quack.
0: Oh, ducks are great really neat. i love them
1: there's a lot of other things about ducks too there's lots and lots and lots and lots of information about them so we may have to have a ducks too at some point in the future
0: i can do that huh? that'll be fun well thanks everybody for listening the varmints podcast is brought to you with technical support by matthew chomo and music as always by kevin mcleod thank you guys and by you the patreon supporter thank you so much for giving a dollar or two to blazing caribou studios Every month, we really do appreciate it. We also, if you don't want to give to Patreon, we have a merch shop now at Teespring. And we will put that link in the show notes so you can get a t-shirt or a mug or a onesie for your baby. There's all kinds of really cool stuff in the merch shop.
1: There is. They have a lot of different choices. It's a neat place. Yep. All right, it's time for the Rugrat Corner. If you have a Rugrat eight years of age or younger that wants to be on the podcast, send us a message on Facebook or email us at podcast at gmail.com for details we make it very easy for you and your rugrat to hear their voice on the podcast so do it do
0: it do it do it like layla did layla is our rugrat from england and she has something to say about ducks
2: yay hi paul and donna i'm talking about ducks today hello
0: ducks are brown all over and males have a green neck
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Lots of people
2: feed them bread But it's actually bad for them You should feed them grapes or peas or lettuce instead My first word was duck I said it in the bath when I was a baby Aww. My mum's favourite duck is Count Duckula But I
0: didn't want to watch it In cricket if you get out without scoring any runs It is called being out for a duck Bye varmints <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye Layla. Thank, thank you you.
1: We love that hearing awesome. from Leila
0: and thanks to her mom, Vanessa, for getting us that audio. We really do appreciate it.
1: That was really neat. Thank you, Vanessa.
0: <laughs> thanks, everybody, again for listening. And until next time.
1: Be nice to animals.
0: You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios.
2: Where were you the night of April
1: the 16th? I, I. A likely story. I see it all now. You and the upstairs maid. Do the old boy in, you said. Elderberry wine and old lace. you said. Then, the quick getaway, you said. Rio de Janeiro, tropical nights, romance, and a heavy bank account. No, no! Yes, yes, but you weren't (coughs) smart enough, John. Alias Johnny,
2: alias Jack, alias Jackie!
0: What's Humphrey Bogart got that I ain't got?